Afternoon, folks. Welcome to the Health Lab. My name is Joel Blant. Slightly cloudy outside. Sunny breaks, probably about 16 degrees. They should really give me a uh, should really give me a job at CTV doing the weather or something like that. Because I'm definitely giving out some free meteorological advice, if I pronounce that correctly. Episode 15. Laura Burns is coming on the show. Laura is hilarious. She's such a great person. I met her about two years ago in a coaching course. And she's one of these people who you talk to her and you can't help but smile and feel good about yourself and good about humanity overall after having a conversation with this individual. She just has that effect on you, at least on me. Um, so we're going to get down to business with Laura. We're going to talk about her, her past career in law enforcement. She worked in law enforcement for a little while and then she moved into coaching. She teaches coaching and she's kind of managed to find this way to marry stretching and coaching together. Now she has a really cool story about how stretching has done wonders for her physical and mental health. And again, she's she's really found a way to amalgamate both of them in order to initiate transformational change for herself and for her clients. So we're gonna chat about that. We're gonna chat about her background. We're gonna chat about her accidents, her personal transformations, and also what she does for the people who she interacts with on an everyday basis. So Laura Burns, everyone, episode 15. Laura Burns, thank you so much for joining me in the health lab today. Thank you, Joel Blen. How are you today? <laughs> I'm very well. You know, it's a beautiful spring day, about 12 degrees. I feel like half of these podcast intros end up being weather reports at the start, but no complaints on my end. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just want to say that it's kind of like if I'm a gremlin, then the the sunshine out there is actually like my water. It really, I, I feel this hit because so many people are like nice to me. I'm like, yes, hi. You know? Hello, we're here. Yeah, geez. I know, it's great. What a breath of fresh air. Seriously, this winter has just been, it's been challenging, I think, for everyone out there. COVID, weather, all that stuff. But it seems like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll see. Good call because I think that's the number one mental health challenge this winter. It's our first winter where, you know, here in BC, we were under more stringent rules. And I literally was like, okay, I got to beat this. I've been this. And I talked, I reached out, talked to lots of people, said, hey, I'm feeling this way. They said, yeah, me too. You know, that it it's good. That helped me. I don't know. And then you called and I was like, what? Here's one more thing to look forward to, or one thing to look forward to, at least. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so something to look forward to. Yeah, it's yeah. I've, I've been trying to stay as occupied as possible. Um, my wife and I have been going for hikes every weekend. I love my wife. I love hiking, but I'm so sick of it. I need to do something <laughs> different. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like you've got your, if you're lucky, you have your cellmate, <laughs> not your soulmate, your cellmate. And my husband, love him, disclaimer. <laughs> Asterix. <laughs> I'm so glad that we have headphones. So it's like the nauseant sounds from the television are coming through. I'm like, okay, I need a break. 
and I beg kindly. So yeah, it my cellmate, I'm soulmate. <laughs> I, I'm going to use that one. I'm not going to lie. I might even use it tonight when I go home to see my wife. <laughs> oh my God, you got out of the house. Wait a second. I did. Well, I go to the, I'm in the clinic now. I go to the clinic probably three or four days a week these days. I was going once or twice a week a few months back, but it just was not enough. I needed to get out of the house again. Love my wife, love my cat, but there are limits to that. I know. I'm. I wish, and I. I literally after this, uh, you know, meeting with you, I am heading right out the door, and I'm heading right into the forest, because that's my. You know, that's where I really plug in. That walking through the forest. I'm so grateful. I have a beautiful forest, and factoid, because I actually looked it up, um, <laughs> that our forest near our house is about one third the size of Stanley Park. Interesting. It's pretty good. Wow, that's a good size. And all secondary growth. So we don't have the original growth um, in the story. This is called the Watershed Park that's near my house. And the story is that they clear cut it. All these beautiful, large cedars, very large, like bigger than they find now. Right. Like all the way, you'd have to go to Vancouver Island and Clayquot Sound and see all the old growth, right? But this, this it was just like they're standing there proud look at me and there's nothing behind me nothing beside me nothing in front of me okay. i'm so proud i killed all these trees <laughs> right <In> our... <laughs> yeah anyway so anyway those, those are the times yeah no i mean that's i mean that's important to get out for those walks and immerse yourself in nature i mean for physical mental health and obviously that's a huge part of your life and your passion and your career and i'd love to touch on what you're doing right now um, with respect to helping people, helping your clients. And we're going to talk about that because that's what the point is. But I want to I wanna dial it back a little bit and kind of start from the beginning before all of this came to fruition for you, the coaching and, and, and the stretching and the personal development. What were, you, what were you doing? What was life like before you embarked on this journey? Oh, um. Well, I'll throw myself back to the the career that I had embarked on in my thirty, my mid thirties, uh, because that was the time where I came back from working on cruise ships for many years, and thought, yeah, I really want to lay down the foundation for my life, um, really put some roots down. It really mattered to me, and so I thrusted myself back to school and work and volunteering. I really. I needed to integrate back into my culture mm -hmm. um, because that's a, I mean, there's a, about three topics right there, but really want to focus on the mental well-being is like you really have to uh, practice being in community and all of those three things were, were vital to growing again. And I just found myself gravitating toward law enforcement type work because uh, I loved political science. I had a social work kind of uh, angle in my life that I, and I loved human beings. I love interacting. I didn't want to sit at a desk for the rest of my life. I knew that I was a moving, integrating and community kind of person. So I fall into the type of law enforcement person who is the community service, the most unsexy Part of law enforcement because <laughs> in law enforcement you've got the gucci jobs right they call them the gucci and it's all about 
um, being in the ERT team, like, let's all, like, blah, you know, gear, sidearms, like, blah, blah, you know, you know and there's a, there's a quality of human that does that job. Sure, but, busting down doors, that kind of thing, or... Right, you got it, you got it. But then there's people like me who like to engage with the world, and, and, and I'm really curious about people, and I... I have a genuine interest in the human condition. So, and, and knowing people in, in that state that they're struggling, it is really easy for me to see myself in that category. So at five foot, whatever. <laughs> five foot something. Five foot something. I knew my niche. <laughs> so when I'm telling, telling you about starting in the traffic department, and then okay. I kind of, I got hired by Canada Border Services Agency. So I, I gravitated to working at the airport um, at the border. So I was an officer oh. in a more international flavor. And that kind of kind of really worked well with my skill set um talking to people and dealing with international cultures because mm-hmm. they're being having lived outside Canada for over almost 10 years I came back and I had all this wisdom and and ideas and like uh, it would be really easy for me to um kind of reach you know reach across to somebody else's culture and go oh is this how, you know, what, you know, and you kind of, because you don't know as an officer at the border, you're expecting um, to meet people and try to sift through what gives you some curiosity because we don't know the crime has been committed. Whereas other law enforcement officers, they, they go to, they show up at the crime, like, Hey, we're here. There's, here's the, here's what we got to do. We got to know the job. But at, at the border, you have no idea. Kidding. So that's that's obviously your job is to suss that out, I'd imagine. Yeah. And you can see where I I had to really deepen listening and I really had to deepen um, being curious. Uh, this is a really good story and I've never told this. And this is big. I really think this is huge because I told you again earlier and I'm sorry it was off the, the segment piece, but I was I, when I started work out and traveling, I was really much a, a bumbling fool, and I and he knew that. Um, and I came to that story. Well, it also happened when I started working at Canada Border Services. I was trying to start. I was struggling at the beginning, and because I had no clue, there really isn't a how-to manual. They just say you know how to do it, and they give you some tools. And and I'm like, I know I can do this, but why is it so hard? <laughs> and then I just kind of started giving up because there was that you could have that attitude. You could like, oh, welcome to Canada. You mm-hmm. could do that. Mm-hmm. And you could, um, in, you know, be years of service and really know people and know where to go. But I was in that in between. I was an older uh, applicant. I was 35 at the time. And I just went, okay, I got to get give up here. And then all of a sudden, I just started listening to people, asking mundane questions and, and rifling through. And then it wasn't until I realized that they had what I needed, meaning I didn't I didn't know what I was going to meet. I just had to wait till they told me who they are. Because that's what, like in life, that's what people do. They tell you who they are by behaving and acting and and saying exactly what you need. So you can actually read people. So it's not rocket science. 
in, mm. in that respect. It's when we put our own personal biases and our own personal uh, lenses on what we're seeing, then we get it wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. Having that bit of prejudice or, or, or judgment that you might be bringing into an interaction. Yeah. So imagine for you, Joel, like when you meet a client for the first time, so you have your your stand, you know, you have your years of experience, your your wisdom of culture or whatever it is that you bring to the table. You got your skill set. So when you when you meet somebody, what are you doing when you first meet them? I'm doing just that, actually, trying to pick up off of their cues, whether it be verbal communication, nonverbal communication. Um, yeah, j- exactly. Just that trying to get curious and trying to. Well, you kind of said it, um, leave my own judgments at the door, because it has actually come back to burn me in the ass a few times where I have not necessarily burned me in the ass, but maybe pleasantly surprised me when I've gone into an interaction with someone and I've thought, oh, boy, you know, this is a whole embellishment. This individual is really, you know, selling their injury, illness, disability, what have you. And then after I dig a little bit deeper and get to know them, I'm just like, wait a minute, they're being totally forthright, totally honest, giving full effort, totally reliable. So that's I've that's checked me quite a few times, actually, in my day-to-day interactions and really helped to reinforce the fact that I do need to leave those judgments at the door and really come in with an open mind. Yeah, it is. And I, I it's a dance we play. Um, and what I've come to learn about this subsequent because, it, you know, I really didn't have um, as much clarity in terms of being curious and listening that I that I did then. Like even like what I'm trying to say is now today it's stronger because I, I thought I had it when I was working for CBSA, but I, I didn't. This this is a deeper like what I have today is deeper than I, I ever thought mm. that I'd ever have um, in terms of listening. Um, because I, I I try to, and I'm badly do it on my podcast, is explain this thinking that we, we have and that we believe our thinking, right? And I wanted to bring it up because that's where I'm at with understanding about when I meet somebody I I'm even though I'm I don't know them and I I am curious but I'm also listening to what are they really saying meaning what's the movie they're playing in their head Mm. that's so interesting that's so so a lot of transferable skills there though I'd imagine from your experiences with CBSA to what you're doing now yes uh yes I the I thought, what am I doing <laughs> going from law enforcement to stretching people with coaching skills? I'm like, what is what is this? Like, is this a thing? And and who am I? Like, what you know, but yes, it's because this is all part of what you're doing here um, and what you're bringing forth, especially what, you know, understanding you guys more. I I want that. I want to be a part of that in the world, too. You are. You are a part yeah. of it. Hey, here's, here's, here, I do have a question. One more question about CBSA. Did you did you do stuff like did you pull people into secondary and do all those inspections and that kind of thing, too? Ooh, we get to do it all, Joel. Oh, really? It's Interesting. For every ride in the book. Yes. Yeah. It's never a dull day. Oh, I can only imagine. I just have a I have a funny story about that. This is maybe, uh, maybe 10 I years. 
So this fun about, fact. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> okay, okay. So I was, this is about 10 years ago. I was bumming around East Africa for a couple of months, just, you know, skirting around there, backpacking, just what have you, seeing some sights. And um, <clears throat> I was coming back from Tanzania. I've been gone for a couple of months. And, uh, you know, it was, there's, hanging out in Tanzania. There's, I was in some hostels and hotels, whatever. I was meeting people. I was having a good time. Um, <clears throat> regard, anyway, so I'm coming back from Tanzania. It's like a 45 hour transit to get back from Zanzibar. It's like, you know, a bus, a ferry, another bus, three plane rides, a few taxis here and there. It was a long haul. And I think I was wearing like super dirty jeans, a really scruffed up Hawaiian shirt. Um, I think I smelled bad. I was wearing white sandals or something. I and know I, you smelled bad. Oh, I definitely, yeah. And I had, I had secondary inspection written all over me. And so they obviously, they pull me in and uh, I had these, uh, I had bought these, these souvenirs from Tanzania and what they were, it was, it was pouches, like three ounce pouches filled with rum. So you can buy these boxes that have a dozen of these rum pouches and they're pretty sweet. They're just like, you know, a couple drinks, rum pouch, what have you kind of neat. And uh, they obviously tore that apart. They had no, they were very curious as to what these things were. So they had to bust one open and run it through the testing device and everything. Anyways, it got cleared totally fine. And they were actually really cool with the whole situation. They laughed about it. Um, I did not end up on that border security show or anything, but I kind of wish I had though. Yeah, you would have been a good test subject. <laughs> but unless they had they well, they have to have smell of vision. I there's a pungent odor that when you crack open a bag, somebody like I, I you could have just gone to Seattle and come back. It's a stench. It, it creates this <laughs> smell in the bag. It's kind of it makes everything wet and damp. And so if you've been away and say your clothes are dirty but they're not bad, that just accents the the heightened smell and aroma the bouquet right the potpourri they call it i think <laughs> the backpacker potpourri is one of my favorites <laughs> oh dear yeah i'm sure you had lots of exposure to that yeah i did it, yeah endless all day long it's like the fast food of travel wow so yeah. so what so okay we've you, you did some time in cbsa what clicked like what what made you want to get out of that and go down the path that you're down now oh i just felt like it's not make me want it was more like i had my my ass you know pushed back on the couch so to speak and it was the car accidents plural um and it was interesting because everything was rapidly happening to me yet everything was taking a really long time so um and what i mean by that is that uh, i had a car accident i was rear-ended and i was it was awful but it wasn't the end of the world and i i went and did you know rehabilitation and was still able to go to work but i was on late duties and wasn't able to wear my uniform um and i was starting to ruminate and that was the speed. I started to ruminate about the future. And I started to think about where am I going to be if I can't be in uniform? Because this is where I want to be. I want to be talking to people. I want to be engaged with people. And I, I want to, you know, be in that expression of who I am in that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought. But so I, I ended up um, working for, I guess it would have been about 14 months. And then I was rear-ended again. Oh, jeez. There, you know, 
why now why or why at that point in my life did that happen what like it and again, I, I literally, it was a slippery slope. I went back to work. And then after, I think it was about a year, my back situation started to be more, um, uh, the, it was called spondylolisthesis. Am I saying that right? I can't remember. It's where the discs slip. And okay. Were, and it slipped forward for me, right? And it was compressing. So the disc um, stability was, I was losing all of that uh uh, and basically the surgeon was saying, well, we're not going to work with you uh, unless it's really bad. Sure. And, and yet I would go and I just get propped up and I go back to work. So I'd take, you know, a lot of time. Um, and there was something about the, this situation where uh, I, the fact that I was thinking about the future and then I went and saw um, this other surgeon after the first accident. So I have, sorry to backtrack, but that's all right. This was a really pivotal moment. So I, I'm again thinking, worrying about the future. And then the surgeon tells me, you know, Laura, when you were nine or between the ages of nine and 12, you had an accident where you broke your facet joint. Mm -hmm. So, and then it healed and it created uh, its own fusion. So it was always stiff on that side, on my left side. And um, I realized that... I knew what had happened and it f had a flood of history come forward for me. Um, it, and it was, tr it was hard to real, to remember myself at that point in time as a kid, unable to advocate for myself, being injured in a, a tried, you know, terrible way. And then it was, um, it was also ironic. It was really funny. And I'll tell you briefly, mm -hmm. um, basically my parents thought it was a great idea that we all should go roller skating. What's roller skating? Let me tell you four wheels on each foot. Bad idea. <laughs> great idea with a back injury. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, I, I didn't have the injury. This is pre, -injury. Oh, this is what caused the injury. Okay. Yeah. Like, I did not know how to roller skate. Like we had, we had a, a disco, called stardust in uh, surrey Ooh la la yeah near my suburb and that would be the place where people would go and and roller skate but i was my I, my brother was a roller skater i was not and all my dad had the great it was my dad he, he said let's go roller skating and it was like it had to be at stanley park and that's all the way around the seawall and i'm like between the ages of i'm sure i was about nine or ten and 10 kilometers 10 kilometers so my mom said hell no i'm not getting on roller skates i'll rent a bike fair so she, yeah she was on a bike and i i was my my father made us roller skate with him because he knew how to roller skate and so off we went for 10 kilometers and i fell on my ass the whole way around oh no and i was i know <laughs> it's comical and it's like when I look back, I'm going, yeah, you know, it was a really intense family moment. It was not fun. And at the even if I was standing up, it was not fun. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So I'm thinking about this situation, and then I'm also worrying about my future. And I'm and then the second car accident happens, and then I'm going, okay, I got to figure this out. Um, there's lots of jobs in the organization. It's a government. I can segue into uh, immigration. I really focused on that. I thought, okay, I'm going to work with 
um, uh, immigration cases. I'm going to help facilitate that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I came up with all these like save myself ideas, basically. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I couldn't get to work. I, I literally could not drive. I could not get in the car and I could not drive. My disc had uh, bulged so far and there was a mystery pain. Yeah. yeah. And so I basically went off on disability. Ah, oh, jeez. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the disability part was really hard. So I ended up on the couch for about two months watching tv and i i literally burned my my retinas like with my brain fried so here i am experiencing covid situation pre-covid so i i <laughs> when this, this is all happening i'm like oh i've done this this is child's play yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly but it's it's not it, it this got worse but i literally was my only connection with human life was on facebook and my husband and my dog I, I didn't know very many people in my neighborhood. I, I didn't grow roots in here. I, I had nobody came to visit me, not once. So, yeah. So I realized, but what that says to me, Joel, is I didn't do, I didn't create that. I, I created a life very untethered, very, very mobile, very, you know, flexible in the sense that I could get up and go and so nomadic in my community. So laying down that foundation was a, a big gap. Then I'm, and I'm also screwed because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I've got to figure out how to get better because nothing was working. I was just being propped up with everything. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. So I, I see that. I see that so often with a lot of my clients who have similar injuries, um, herniated discs, what have you. And just the struggle to get comfortable in any position, sitting, lying, standing. I've had people sit in my office for two hours at a time, propped up on a chair with one knee and their arm against the wall in some weird yoga-esque position. And they say, I can hold this position for eight minutes pain-free. So I'm going to do my best to stick here before I'll have to move around and stand up and start walking. And it's, it's incredible to see the level of dysfunction that people suffer through when they're going through similar situations. Yeah. Thank you that for reminding me about that. Like it, (laughs) it, I literally couldn't walk for probably 10, 12 minutes. I had it timed just like your clients talking about, you know, how exact to the next pain injection are you going to receive and i literally would lie down in that forest on the dirt floor with pine zit pine needles everywhere and i i did i just went because i had a dog and i really you know this, this was my only pleasure um also socializing i wasn't very social with pain that was the other thing you lose like who wants to be around me when I'm cranky or irritable? Well, and that's the th- I mean, and how could you not be cranky or irritable when you're suffering in pain all day long? Absolutely. So uh, that would be one thing that I acknowledge now vehemently, and I, I not only advocating for that you you aren't yourself. So really, like we talk about the mental health issue on its own, s- separate, but we don't equate pain and mental well being together in the sense that that yeah i am not my pain 
So I'm, I'm in pain and I'm, I might be a jerk right now, but that's not who I am. Mm. That's such a, that's such a kind of, it, it's, it's an amazing realization that there are many sides to Laura, not just injured back Laura. What else is Laura aside from suffering from pain and lying on the forest floor, having squirrels pick at your decomposing <laughs> body? <laughs> yeah, because I really didn't care if somebody like rode their bike over me. I really, I, I thought, yeah, I welcome a new sensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is different. Yeah, oh, that feels good. Yeah, it was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, squirrels and oh my gosh, yeah, like what's the flo- the forest floor smell like today? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, and I'm not, I'm, and I'm not laughing at you, you know, only, it, it is funny though. You only can laugh at all the, the things that we get us to where we need to be. Like, um, yeah, w- walking was one of my things that I needed and I, I would tr- drive there cause it's only like a one, two minute drive to park and get in the forest and, and now I can walk there. So, Yeah. And you know what, just little things like that. And I say this to my clients all the time, even though it's not, you know, it's a one to two minute drive, maybe what is that a five, 10 minute walk or something like that? Yeah. 10 minute walk, even though that's not, you know, by any means, it's, it might not be huge. It's not walking for two hours, but you're still walking substantially more than you were walking prior to that. So it's so important. I mean, just like you're doing now, recognizing these little victories, these little progressions, these wins that you have and reinforcing that to yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to keep beating yourself down and, 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 and have a real struggle remaining optimistic throughout the hard times. You understand me completely. Have you experienced something like this? I have not necessarily. I've had a few injuries of my own it's mainly just from my work with clients. I've had, I've had several concussions. I've had about three concussions. Um, I'll just, I'll just me versus the world. Like no one. <laughs> like, like, into a yeah, ex- exactly. One of them was snowboarding and I ran into a tree and this is, you know, 20 years ago before we wore helmets when we were snowboarding. So that's stupid. One of them was kicking a, a street sign and falling on my head, you know, just stupid stuff. Um, r- ridiculous things. Um, we so won't get into have, too much detail. Well, yeah, I, but I appreciate it because concussions are a, like very much the same thing. One of my favorite favorite uh, TED Talks was Jane, I think her name is Jane Donegal. I might say her name wrong, but it fantastic speaker. She's into gaming. She creates games and okay. I am the furthest away from into playing like online games. And she convinced me how wonderful they are for our mental well-being. And she suffered from a serious concussion there she left her alone in the dark and she this is the way they treated it then and i don't know if they still do yet this there's resiliency and when that when you have an experience it gives you insight to somebody else uh immensely even though it might not be the same thing you know you you i worked with cri- maybe criminals <laughs> or people who did actually did criminal acts they're not criminals <laughs> people that did criminal acts it doesn't make me like that I don't have to know but I can understand shame I can yes. understand lying yes. I lied I can understand all these things 
Yes. And just like, just kind of like we talked about before about the transferable skills there, you can transfer that understanding to different settings, different environments. And it's similar. I mean, it's so funny because I've had this conversation about concussion and chronic pain and the correlations between the two psychologically. They're actually really, really similar in many ways in the sense that if you are always being pessimistic, always being negative, always focusing on the downs, it's going to manifest that way. You know, if you keep telling yourself your life sucks, guess what? It's going to suck. But if you can focus on these little positives, this glass half full mentality, your life's going to be that way. It's going to be more positive. If you can focus on the things that you're grateful for on an ongoing basis, you will be happier and you will start to make progress. Yeah. And that's hard to tell somebody who's in the kind of F you pain. And, and I'll, I'll say this from the other side without pain. Um, I can honestly say if you're focusing on the good things in your life in that moment, like gratitude, um, and I, and I mean it in a sincere way that if you, you, if you eliminate the, the complaining and eliminate the pointing finger, and even though you might have that thought and you say, okay, stop, you are going to start making decisions that pull you in that direction toward good things happening. And it's all about stopping the thought. Mm-hmm. I have judgment about everybody every single day. And I literally have this, it's just like in a rubber band, it snaps right back to gratitude, 100%. And I, and I literally, well, we can say gratitude. I don't know, what is it? But I'm stopping the negative pattern of thinking. Um, and then I have less of it. And then all of a sudden, the choices I make, like, oh, what do I what do I want to do or what do I want to create or how do I want to have a relationship with somebody? It becomes positive. It's it's so funny how you can kind of control it to a degree. Um, and it's not to say it's not to say and I know you've been through this and I'm sure you're going through it in different parts of your life as I am, too. It's not to say totally disregard the negative parts of your life. Because it's important if you just repress everything negative that's going on, and you don't address it, it might explode into a volcano somewhere down the line, and it might come back to bite you in the ass. But it's so important to take some time to indeed feel those emotions, feel whatever sort of sadness, negativity, what have you that everyone feels on a day to day basis, week to week basis to varying degrees. But once you've taken the time to address that, and I say this to my clients a lot too, you know, if you're really depressed, really down, take an hour out of the day and and feel down, feel those emotions. Once that hour is over, that's it. You got to move on. Because if you, if you let it permeate throughout every single point in your waking life, it's not going to be fun for you. So you need to take the time, address it, and then move on with the rest of your day. Uh, I love it. That is, it is true. I would never want to take away anybody's uh, ability to feel pain or feel some sort of discomfort in whatever situation they are in. I don't think shoving it down. You're so spot on. I love it because it talks about the thing I learned at the beginning of the pandemic on how to, like, we all know these tools, but this woman, her name is Dr. Joanna Macy, who wrote, uh, co-authored called a book called Active Hope. Okay. And you, yeah, highly recommend Active Hope. Um, basically, she talks about gratitude. Um, this is a quick and dirty version of the spiral. The, the, 
workshop that we were all um, a part of, it, uh, I think the end of March, as soon as I learned it, I was like the next day I was already engaged with people, with clients, with anybody. I just said, look, this is, this is it. This is really interesting. So I talked about the foundation of gratitude. So waking up and having something um, to be happy about. And then when you have a negative situation occur or you feel crappy, because I still feel crappy, and I, of course, <laughs> right. And the and the trick there is to feel it, not think it, mm-hmm. right? Because the, I think the thinking kind of um, is kind of like a hot air balloon. You just kind of goes on and on and drifts and drifts. And you're like, wait a second, I want to be anchored in what's here, what's now, right? Right. So feel the crappy feel, and now, so when my husband goes, what are you mad about? And I said nothing <laughs> i'm just mad <laughs> let me be mad and he goes okay all right and, yeah yeah and he sits there or he walks away and i'm like Arr! you know and i just full body feel mad yes and i don't make it about anything like maybe something triggered it but i go okay i'm feeling mad i'm mad <laughs> it happens less now but you you just hit on the perfect point. It's like, you know, we have to feel, and that's what Dr. Joanna Macy was talking about, is that to feel the emotion completely will give us insight to what we need. And I I think pain, looking at our pain in the in the expression of what I'm feeling right now and, and as a human, then I can actually get some insight to what I need to do next. And that's what she does in the group work with the, with the spiral. So then you would go into, oh, what am I seeing now that I've actually felt the pain? Um, and then going forth, what what can I do? So when I was in pain and I, I had to leave work and I had nothing and I, I kept trying to figure out what to do with my life, I finally, at, at, you know, fast forward, I gave up. Like at, at somewhere in the middle there, I went into coaching Mm-hmm. and trained but that wasn't panning out either because i was so much in pain like while you had already transitioned out of cbsa or i was what was i i was tra- i was going part-time back to work and then i was training to do this life coaching and i was really holding on to my job because i thought i'm gonna f- work work this out i'm gonna figure this out and then i'm gonna start my you know, consulting on the side of, because, you know, this is how, you know, life coaching typically started um, back, back in the day. And so I was just kind of following, well, I'm here in this life zone here where I can do this. But the pain in my body was so bad that I literally gave up Uh and, and I had to give up coaching. I had to give up, um, uh, working at the with the government um I had had surgeries and it wasn't working and I thought I'd done my due diligence I have excellent therapy team and there was some mystery thing that I just couldn't figure out I couldn't achieve I couldn't like what was happening is they would give me things to do and it wasn't work they wouldn't work like I'd get frustrated and exhausted and um you know, trigger a migraine, trigger a muscle spasm, trigger, you know, all this stuff. And I just couldn't figure it out. So when I gave up and I finally 
ended up back on the couch and I went, okay, universe, I give up. And I literally had no thought. I had no thought about the past because I, you know, coaching kind of takes you down that road of healing your, you know, working on your inner you mm-hmm. and my future. There was, I just thought, <laughs> I have no clue. So when you can't see the future and you can't think of the past anymore, you kind of, dissolve into that perfect space where the right thing can come along and it wasn't until I was listening to somebody else's story and their experiences that were similar to mine you know tough dad growing up and uh, struggling in life you know uh, and and basically loser written all over my life and same as this guy did and he you know he at some point I don't know if I want to give away the story but he did need the service of this guy that he used to work with and he ended up going back because he they were going to carve his body up they were going to go and do a surgery on his heart and do surgery on his neck and surgery on his hip it was just crazy what they were going to do to this guy and then he said okay I'm going to try one last thing and I was like who's this who is the guy, if you don't mind sharing? I would love to talk about Joe Hippensteel. What, okay. oh, sorry, Joe Hippensteel was the stretchy guy. Okay. And he's based in San Diego, and he is a former Olympian. Uh, he ha- He's created his 24 uh, stretches that he teaches people, and he took it to the ba- the naval base. The the naval the you know in Coronado the Navy SEALs they have like a a family. Um, I want to say a foundation part. So he didn't, the, the, the Navy didn't accept him. It was this, the, the care and welfare of the Navy SEALs and their family. There, there's a portion of that that took him on and said, okay. I can, I can help. So he was helping a few people and then he realized people, everybody wanted him. And so he was changing people's lives. So he was in, you know, in the U S surgery is huge, right? You know, and everybody was lined up to go for surgery, particularly sh- shoulder surgery. Um, they, cause you know, a Navy seal, what do you think? I, I think, I think getting battered down and needing surgery. <laughs> yeah, me too, because we're on this side, but you think invincible and superhuman and, but they're not They're They have this dance that they play with their body and their mind. So he comes in and he shows a few and then it ripples out and then people are canceling their surgery. <laughs> oh, kidding. That's so, profound. Was there, was there a, a Navy SEAL in particular that, I mean, you mentioned Joe Hippensteel as the individual who, yeah. you know, brought this to its inception who was the individual that you were listening to that was in a similar situation to you yeah his name is david goggins oh right oh yeah i know oh oh, you're like who who who? i apologize i thought you were leading me and (laughs) no no um i think i remember you telling me that before but i must have forgotten goggins i tell you that guy comes up on my podcast probably once every two or three episodes What do you mean? What comes well, up on your podcast? Just, just as as a topic of conversation, because he's such really? a just the perseverance that this individual has. If anyone yes. out there, if, if anyone out there hasn't heard of David Goggins, stop what you're doing right now. 
go on YouTube, watch one of his motivational speeches. You might not vibe with it or anything, but you might really vibe with it. And if you do, I guarantee you will drop what you were doing right now and just go out for a run. Cause that's typically what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, I was reading, sorry to, sorry to go on a segue. No, go here, on. I love it. I was reading his book. Um, can't hurt me. That's um, fun. this is a couple of years ago. And, uh, I was training for an ultra marathon or he wrote the book a couple of years ago. I was reading the book last year and uh, every single time I would reading it, I would read it. I would get maybe five pages in and I was like, that's it. I got to go for a run. No, this is stupid. I'm going for a run. This is tough. It was like the single greatest training motivating tool or motivation tool that I ever had at my disposal. Yeah, he I I love what you're saying cuz he does that and I I think I was so drawn to his story. It popped up December 20 uh, 2018 was when it was uh deli- he launched it. Okay. Yeah. Self-published by uh-huh. the way and he's still on the top 5 bestseller list. That's how powerful this But here here's the juice, Joel. Give me the me. juice. Okay. Give me the okay, juice. There's, there's two, actually there's lots of juices. But here like this is the thing. I'm on the couch and I'm listening to the audible version of the book and the guy he used a ghostwriter to work with and tell his story. And I think the ghostwriter is the narrative um the narrator in the audible book. So okay. if you are listening and you before you click the kindle or order it online some people prefer that that's great i am an audio like audiophile because i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and i've been watching ted talks on the couch i'm like that couch has a worn spot where my butt is and i've been watching a lot of video anyway or listening to in my ears so david goggins and the author or the co-author they are talking in between this (sighs) It's like a podcast audiobook. So they're like given given commentary during yes. during the chapters and that kind of thing. Cool. Oh, Joel, this you're gonna download, I think. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta start training again and I need some sort of a motivation tool. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. Okay. So you know what? And here's the thing I argue with some not argue, but have good conversations with with a good coach of mine. Uh she's my coach, and uh, we were talking about this that she goes, but there's more to the story of what David Goggins and somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk to do. They're terrific motivators. They're also talking to your top brain. They're mm-hmm. very strong in the top brain thinking. And what I mean by that is that's a logic and cognitive. And he's basically, when you listen to Goggins, he's kind of like wiping out all the data that's behind the thought about you not running. Like I've got to just, do this edit and I've got to answer this email and I've got to he's wiping that out saying get your ass out the door and that's all you you know like yes yes David yes like (laughs) wipe that so he's talking to the the top brain but what's missing is that there is uh, wisdom in other parts of your body which I, I know you access, Joel, right? Like, you know, this whole I try. world. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you know that there's part of it, right? Um, of course. Yeah. I'm, I love David Goggins' story and it, it kind of snaps into like, oh, okay. But then when he was talking about the stretchy guy, he calls him the stretchy guy. <laughs> Joe Hippensteel. Joe Hippensteel. Yep. 
Um, I'm totally going to share share this episode with him because he's now my friend. Like, hey. Joe and I are like, you know, awesome. cross-fingered best buddies. So anyway, how did that happen? Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I, after the book, I finished the book in February. And this is fe- February of last year or 2019. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I was like one of the first to read the, oh, one of the first. To read oh, the well. <laughs> and then like on the phone to, uh, or online, you know, trying to uh, surf around for Joe and his, his email, his, everything was just small potatoes online. And I called, I, I messaged him and he called me and I'm like, uh, you little, calling little old me? And he goes, hey, Laura, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do a Zoom call. We're going to do, I'm going to give everybody some stretching and stuff like that if you want to come out, you know? And I'm like, okay. Wow. So we did a Zoom and it was three hours long. Three hours of just stretching? Uh, Joel, it, I just, I'm game. Like, remember, I had I, no past, no future, what was I going to, three hours? Sure. So, right? so so you got off the forest floor and you started stretching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can stretch because I can at least get down on the floor, right? There. <laughs> so I, I'm in the class on that day. It was a Saturday and it was halfway through. No, it was near the end, actually. Near the end. And we're doing this pose and it was called the quad stretch. And it, he does static stretching. Mm-hmm. Um and he had, and it's a sequence of stretches. And he showed it, he took us through, um, and I was super like, I, w- I wouldn't do them fully. I wouldn't, I was very cautious, very, you know, suspicious about like, oh, I don't want to trigger anything because everything is triggered. Uh-huh. My, it, my, pain, my muscle spasms and pain and migraines and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just, he's like, no problem. Just do it, you know, your best ability. And I get into this quad stretch and I come out of the quad stretch and I'm literally lying on the floor and tears are starting to roll out of my eyes of joy. And I don't think it happens to everybody, but it took the, I had this acute pain deep inside my right hip. It was really weird. And, and as soon as I got out of that and lay down and I said, it's gone, it's gone. And and he's talking to people around the like there's about 12 of us on the call and he he said Laura what's going on and I go uh it's gone the pain's gone wow that instant so what I was I was experiencing like all this problem the the issues that are causing me pain was uh muscle spasm like he calls it muscle lock that's okay. his tra- trademark but essentially like the the muscle is uh tight and you you know kind of doing these gentle static stretching and then doing this rest in between it's it's actually allowing for the muscle to adapt and really what was happening when i talked about goggins and in the top brain he's actually uh activating something that the vagus nerve is born to do like that vagus nerve mm-hmm. trigger like triggers all the the body parts for the fight or flight or freeze and then when you're in pain that's what you're experiencing and so what was happening in my body i was a sense of ease so all that suspicion all that you know nervous and and trepidation i had about doing the stretch all of a sudden i was feeling like this release in my mind and my body my muscles were like 
oh, it's okay. It's okay to settle. It's okay to be, you know, and that, that you didn't, you didn't hurt yourself and things are good. And so we would do another stretch and, and it would, so it, it took time. I had to do a lot of like floor exercise. I had to do my time on the mat as that's what Joe says, do your time. <laughs> time right? on the mat. The, yeah. It's kind of like talking to Navy SEALs, right? You got to do your, your mat time. And he's got like retired Navy SEALs down there. I went to the base. I got to see all these like hot shots climbing fences and then in the gym i got no to meet way. all the yeah i got to meet some navy seals and i got to see them uh the the retirees come in were pretty interesting where, where was that coronado san diego ah gotcha cool yeah. wow I went, I went back and i trained so i thought you know i said to my husband i go this is part of my story i don't know why i'm doing this i've got the life coaching and i've got I just got to do this. There's got to be something coming for, you know, I figured that it would make sense some someday, but because I'm not about the future and I'm not about the past, I'm like, well, this is me now. Right. So book the ticket. Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I bought a ticket to Bombay sort of thing. That's yeah. That's awesome. So, wow. So after one, well, three hour session, you were already feeling a decent amount of relief. And then it's, so you went down and did the whole training program. And was that some sort of a certification program or what, what did that entail? Uh, good. Yeah. Good point. I that the first step after that session, he wanted me to fly to San Diego in two <laughs> weeks. And I went, uh, no, <laughs> he goes, well, we're going to have a webinar or a workshop for the weekend. We're going to have everybody come down and we're going to stretch it for three days. And I'm going for three days. Like, so all of it is like, adjustment of the mindset going do more more stretching and i'll get better what so he's he he said you know and i it was funny because i'll briefly i i called my cousin for some reason uh and we're, we're not that in touch very often but we've had a we grew up together and i said hey you know you got fibromyalgia is stretching a thing that you know you do and she goes yeah it's really you know something i have i do a little bit of yoga gentle blah blah blah. and i said oh okay well i just read this book <laughs> and i fire hosed her with all the data and then i guess she looked and her husband was like a goggins fan okay and then, yeah and i said well i'm gonna go to san diego and she's like oh i'm down no so way she, yeah so she shared the hotel with me and shared the we went down together and we did the whole weekend so we did go and and it was it was so expensive that i was that was the the big determining factor and i was like you know what why not this it i had three hours and i was successful here's an opportunity why not um so i came back and i was like a fiend on the mat uh, and and I re oh sorry at the conference the, the weekender he had ex military people joining him to be certified no and way. I'm like oh man okay I'm so not ready <laughs> my body is just starting the journey and um, and I'm like uh, maybe later but I was so like I stayed in touch with a few of the guys. And I'm like, and ladies, there's some ladies there too. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'm coming back. And September 2019, uh -huh. I was certified 
in it. Wow. So I went and uh, got certified. And then I went to in 2020, beginning of 2020, that was my, the, my last uh, trip. I'm glad I got one in. I went to LA for a uh, life coaching uh, training workshop-y kind of weekender. Yeah. Then I blazed it down to Coronado and hung out with Joe and Mimi Nay, his partner, and they uh, showed me around. We did some work and it's just, it's incredible. So yeah, so that brought me back. Um, the pandemic hit and uh, I just went, okay, Joe, I'm on, I'm in. Like I, this all, because it worked for me online. Yeah. That's that was really the game changer. I, the fact that I could heal somebody just by showing them the stretches over the internet. Wow. So how is your pain now? I don't have pain. No pain. None. That is incredible. Just from stretching. And obviously, I mean, obviously lifestyle factors, what have you, I'd imagine, but it sounds like stretching was the just stretching. No lifestyle factor. Yeah. (laughs) Like get like don't get me wrong here. Like I was uber in shape. Like I like I really was. I was you know when I was in t- t- pre law enforcement, I was I was riding my bike through Chile off the cruise ship. Like I'd throw my bike over my shoulder and off I go off the gangplank. I was a very active person. I've climbed mountains. I've climbed volcanoes. I'm I'm there with you. Like active. Like so, it, it's not that today. Like I'm not selling you the, you know, it's not a, it's not a ticket on Elon Musk's rocket ship. It isn't. It's, it's just pain. Like what I, what I do and like what I have is pain free. So right. my, my ability is it's modified. It's changed. Um, I am actively building my muscles again. So yes. I'm, that's the phase that I'm in. Um, and I'm doing it uh, in a gradual way because I can get, put off like my muscle or well you know it'll I, well i'll either my I'll, I'll notice in my my food i'll eat overeat if i'm over working out or i'll also like if i'm working out and i and i get tight but there, it's not pain it's just like tight um and then i can't do other things like i i enjoy my walk so that's those those are deal breakers i gotta have my walk in the forest with my dog and i will sp- sporadically work towards working out so and getting my muscles so i'm doing a lot of plyometrics Mm -hmm. um and it's gentle and i definitely modify i love modifications love them all i do them in my stretching i you know when i started i modified and i do that with my workout so that's so awesome seriously can i mean congrats obviously it was a long road to get there but it sounds like it was a bit of a well a huge game changer for you yes and it wasn't though I was never going to get there until I gave up and I was talking with a very good friend of mine who's um who had a heart condition and she's actively working on her own personal health with heart she's a heart coach now and she she really like I was telling we were she was a client for a while and she said uh you know to me I said like look I I have I want a distinction between people who are ready and people who aren't ready because there's a clear line like and I remember that when suspicion and and unease was you know and pain was just kind of like driving the the decision maker inside your body whereas she said it's called surrender 
and it's mm-hmm. actually um it's part of like the grief process isn't it I, I think so i probably should know this but <laughs> i should too but i i'm just we, you know it was something that we did we learned together over the the holidays this christmas um and she was very enlightening in that that it, it's the process of let like there's a stage in everybody's life in who are injured or in some sort of uh, medical condition that there has to be a point where you surrender to allowing to know what the the next right thing to do is wow like let go of the future let go of the past and then all of a sudden you're just you you'll you'll get close to things and you go this is the right thing to do next so how did that that's sorry no it's just instead of figuring it out Sure. Or, or wallowing and continuing to suffer in that manner that many, many people do. Yeah. Well, I did it. <laughs> there you go. There you I was go. probably like five-star wallower. <laughs> and every, you know what, everyone does it to varying degrees too, you know, whether it be, you know, mood issues, depression, anxiety, what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, taking that action, taking those first initial steps is such an important move. You know how many times I've been sitting on the couch and it's been piss and rain out and I've been just like, I don't know, going through such a low winter blues moment and I've just been, again, wallowing and ruminating about how, oh, it all sucks, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing here in Vancouver? And then I just so, so many times I'm just like, Joel, like, shut up, get off the couch, go for a run. If it's even 15 minutes, even if I go for a walk for 50, 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to feel better. I never, I've, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. I've never regretted going for a walk. <laughs> like, you never, you never come back from a walk and you're like, ma, I shouldn't have done that. You know, <laughs> maybe I have, but that's not in the walk It's the, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or they said, what? No, you're right. You're right. I agree. And I think you pointed out a really good tip that I learned uh, was the one, two, three, go. Or I, I think, oh, somebody has a one, two, three, four, five and go. And I do that when I'm in bed and I'm like, it's cold and I'm still snuggling and I'll go, okay, there's nothing. I have nothing on my agenda in the morning. <laughs> Hashtag COVID. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, one, two, three, get up and go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Just go. Just go. Yeah. Shower or is it, what am I going to do? Okay. What do I want to do? I want to get a cup of coffee or do I want to get water or do I want to get in the shower? What is it? Okay. One, two, three, go. <laughs> right. Like take out the thinking. Just do it. Well, yeah. That's Hashtag Nike. Yeah. <laughs> give them, give them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say any of the things I want to say, I think. But that's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, it oh, is do do it, but it's doing it without thought. That's what I'm pointing. I just really, if anybody gets anything out of this talk today, like, it's it's about, like, don't believe your thinking. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think they will. I'm I'm already getting a lot out of it. And I just want to, do you, do you have more time? now too? Yeah, tons. Yeah, okay yeah, awesome yeah, Has- yeah hashtag COVID um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too um no I do okay so let's let's fast forward to now past few months Ooh. your your stretching's been awesome for you um your coaching and you've kind of married the two together 
Can you talk about that? What's what's going on professionally for you, for you and your clients right now? Oh, um, I think I kind of gleam where you might be pointing to. Um, so coming into my Zoom office, uh, working with somebody, it's like we, we're going to talk and we're going to... Um, it's it's usually the physical sense first right and what they're thinking and the thoughts and the then i get them the body movement because it's it's more about the beginning is more about experiencing the the stretching and getting that in and if they come back then we deepen the stretching with the the life coaching it's it's all about getting the results i want my client to get the results quick um and i'm also planting um not planting. That's the wrong word. I'm not gardening. Um, <laughs> I'm, I might be farming. I might be asking them a lot of questions about like, cause it's just like a client, like a client, like uh, travelers coming into Canada. I want to, I'm just going to go. Okay. So what's here? What are, what are their, what are they thinking? Because we all have that movie. Remember I mentioned about the movie inside their head. Mm-hmm. We all have our own version of what's happening right now. So they're going to come in and we're going to, I'm going to learn more about their movie and the, the connections to the pain and the stories, right? So the, I'm just going to highlight what I see, right? So often when I see somebody say they're um, uh, tight in their shoulders, so that bicep tendon, we have mm-hmm. a nice stretch for that. Mm-hmm. Arms up and behind. We stretch the the front out, and it actually alleviates. If you're ever sitting at your computer, that's what you want to do because that's where you get the sharp pain and your traps and upper yep. traps. Yeah, rounded okay. shoulders all day long. Yep. Right. I call it the Bill Gates back. <laughs> <laughs> you ever remember when when he was when he was he was really popular and like when Microsoft was and he was just everywhere. And I'm going, where's his butt? <laughs> he had no he was just this rounded spine it, I'm, i think it's different not that i'm checking his butt out all the time but it, it is that computer you know person who's all day long at the computer their their body goes forward into the c shape right and it, it my, does yeah and yeah. bill actually I, I wanted to say bill gates is actually one of our biggest fans so if you are out there bill um laura didn't mean anything by that hashtag love bill gates butt. <laughs> I'm sure he's figured it out now. Oh yeah. How could you not? Right. Well, that's the key. That's the key because we go, whoa, wait a second. I've done a lot of uh, partying and abusing my body over that computer keyboard. And now I'm older and I'm like, oh, I want to go the distance, right? You want I always go, my goal in life is to be able to sit down and pee at 90. My own volition, my own yes. muscles. No grab bars, no holding onto the sink. <laughs> that is 100 percent, right that's all i want that's my vision i want to be autonomous um peer (laughs) you know what that's a good that's a very occupational therapy-esque goal um just (laughs) being independent being functional with going to the bathroom bare bones and you know what you know we take that for granted quite often so it's important to have your sights set high for when you age uh, it came out of the, yeah, the surgery when I, I getting out of the shower, being very dependent after the surgery, um, just losing your mobility gives you that like, okay, hold up. And the lat you know, going back to the surgeon, the last thing they said to me was see in a couple of years. 
because as soon as you fuse because they fuse the the spine at the near the base that it starts to trigger off more subsequent uh disc disc uh, problems mm. and so they end up having more people come back so that sucks for the confidence i'd imagine oh yeah i was like screw you <laughs> <laughs> no you won't i won't be back in two years <laughs> well yeah I, yeah I literally brushed the thought aside because i went uh i didn't know that going in i didn't hear it because you you when you're in pain there's another th- tip you're not your best advocate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you're the you're the operator of the of the machinery but you can't advocate fully and completely yeah. So yeah, yeah no, and that's no, it's it's that's fine. Um no, I mean well, I agree, kind of like we talked about how it's it's you're in when you're in such bad pain, everything else is just pushed to the side. Everything else it, it's totally all encompassing. Um cognition, thinking, concentration, memory, stress, anxiety, emotions, communication, what have you. It permeates all of these little cracks of our lives. And it can be very, very difficult to disregard until you've kind of had one of these, well, rock bottom, aha type moments like like you've had. Yeah. And and here's, okay, two things that is brilliant that you mentioned this. Um, well, the one thing I want to go back to when it is cognitive that we we are in a, ch- it's a challenging position to be in pain and to have, um, trauma, whether it's, you know, from past or just from the, the recent past, um, that the journey to heal isn't just the body. Cause I would throw myself on the table and say, fix me, do, do what you got to do. And because a, I couldn't do the homework, but I'd be going in every, sometimes twice a week, I've done that. Um, but once a week, usually, and I'd be like, fix me. Mm-hmm. And it would be a slap together. And then they'd, I'd get in my car and then I'd feel, ten, and then I'd feel the re- repercussions. Sometimes it didn't work. It would backfire. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing, going back to the Goggins experience, when I ended up in Joe Hippensteel's uh, workshop on that weekend, there were so many people who read the book, they all had the same past. Like, why were they drawn to the book? Mm. Can't hurt me because we're tight. We're in pain. And, and whatever trauma or experience or bump in the road that, that happened, like whatever you make that injury out to be that movie, that reasons why it, it also points to the part of the, of yourself that you need to connect with as well like and that's why i if i can gleam if if somebody's willing to open up willing to to really be i guess vulnerable and i'm a really nice person i'm keeping you i'm not gonna run around like you don't say yeah i don't you know i have my own podcast called secrets your mentor never told you but i don't tell your secrets like my my client secrets i tell my secrets and people who want to come on and tell theirs about their journey to heal like that part of them like that's that's what that's see what goggins did that's kind of like i'm here doing my little version and my little podcast and and when i work with with the stretching part i i'm actually giving people 
that opportunity, like talk about the story you make up about this pain because there's juicy nuggets for you. It'll heal you. You set your, you reconnect, right? You become a whole being. So are you doing that? I mean, you mentioned the first kind of session with a lot of your clients might just be stretching and then you're integrating more of the coaching and the questions and the digging deeper in subsequent sessions. Is that, and so is it, is it all together in some of these situations where you're stretching and and facilitating and, and getting them to move, but then also getting them to really think deep about their pain and about themselves as a whole? Yeah, to be fair, like I'm not gonna, I'm not a, a professional who triggers trauma and goes through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the The point is, I'm a, in the first meeting, like we're gonna do a longer version um, because I'm looking to see how coachable are you? Like, cause I wanna know, is this a fit for you? I can give you the stretches and and I'm there for you. And I want, if you want to really have that that change, let's really talk about it on like honestly, like the story. So I'm gonna, that's, the, that's why the first session is really about is this person willing to engage and if they come back we can further engage and people don't come for a lot many sessions it's it's about um working and when we do the stretches i'm also going to inquire about those those points where you're tight like that bicep tendon tightness that there's often somebody is shouldering all the the responsibilities in their life right that shoulder bicep tendon and then for me what mm-hmm. I know about the low back the low back is about stability and support in your life feeling responsible not responsible that and in Louise Hayes I looked at her work about connecting the body part with the pain and I think that it's the the pain or the injury happens and then the thought is made up uh. I, do, I haven't read everything she's written but it, and that's what it comes back to when you talk about having, po- you know, positive thoughts and gratitude. It's it can counter out the negative ones and then pretty soon they populate your mind rather than the negative. So it really does matter. So when my injury in my back, I was constantly worrying about the future because what was going to be my future? So that's my worry is about supporting myself. My worry is about how responsible I'm not responsible enough to to take care of my future. What's going to happen? So now I feel without the pain, I, I don't feel like there's any limitation. Mm, wow, that's so cool. So all of these doors have opened up and I those are awesome metaphors just about this, like the shoulders, you know, bearing, bearing responsibilities on the shoulders and then the foundation of the back and stability. Um, a lot of, you know, correlation between, you know, physical abilities and, you know, one's own psyche. Very cool. Yeah. I want people to, that's my, that's the, I can only be there to facilitate that and, and to make that connection I don't, I don't wish for anybody to spend time in their pain. I want them to spend time in, in, and that's the work that I've, I, I studied with a guy named Michael Neal and that was the guy at this concert uh, conference that I went to. And he talks about the three principles and the, the three principles came out of a, a guy who was an or Scottish welder who moved to Salt Spring Island, just off our coastline. No way. 
Yeah, he calls it the three principle foundation. And all the the people that are around it, like you think, oh, is this a cult or what? You know, Salt Spring Island really conjures up a lot of granola and sandals and a, a lot of a lot of those islands do. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say <laughs> the whole island. Um, armpit hair was one of my favorite. Uh, yeah, it conjures up all this, you know, liberation and and freedom, and the, it was great because. I had to go to LA just to find a guy who, but he does, he's no longer alive, but his foundation still uh, succeeds. And the three principles actually points out about how the operating system of a human being is, and that's it. So whatever religion, whatever um, life you've led, culture, it, it spans every form. And all he's talking about is that there is a level of consciousness and neither we're aware of our thinking or we're aware of our creative genius. So, you know, if you're creative, isn't just for some people, it's for everybody, right? Einstein talks about this, right? So they're just pointing to that, the three principles and the three principles is mind, consciousness, and thought. And the, the mind is the universal mind. Consciousness is being aware, which thought are you in? And thought is like the quality of your thinking and what, what it is. And that's abbreviated version of the three principles. But that really want to point people, if you want to start today on your healing, watch Sydney, uh, Sid Banks videos on the three principle foundation. And I think it's a dot org. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes among other things, because I think people would greatly benefit from that, including myself. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you, you found it such a cool way to, well, again, focus on healing in such a holistic way, you know, not only, not only the physical, but, but, you know, the personal development, the psychological to a degree, the moving forward, the making progress. We've got a new, uh, we've got a new program at back in motion. It's called the healthy body, healthy mind program. And it's so similar to that. It's all about, well, I mean, there's, there's personal trainers, there's um, nutritionists, there's yoga instructors, there's mindfulness instructors. um, There's coaches as well. I mean, coaching is such a central part of it too, because adhering to all of these different things, it can be very challenging unless you have that clarity on what you're doing and that motivation and that ongoing quest for setting and achieving goals. So again, it's, it's, there's a lot of correlation between what you're doing and and some of the stuff that we've initiated on our end too. So pretty cool to see that we're kind of going down similar paths right now, actually. Well, you highlighted that to me and I was so excited. That's when we were talking prior to this, I was getting so excited. I know it's all over, like you can find little pockets of this, it's just getting everybody to really see and point to it. And I'm glad you brought up nutrition. I I went back, I, I, I used to be very suspicious of natural paths. I went and tried natural path work and I was like, now they've got me, eat, like my mind and mental clarity, it was tenfolded by eliminating just some food. And let's get over it, people. If they ask you to quit like dairy, get over it. Like if your body... <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> the exact same thing happened to me. I think it was like three years ago. They're like, Joel, do you need to eat four bowls of cereal every single day with 2% milk? And I, okay, well, I guess I don't. And uh, no, cutting out, again, you know, to each their own, do what you want to do, cutting out or at least reducing dairy significantly did wonders 
for my overall health, autoimmune system, that kind of thing. So, and that was from seeing a naturopath. Um, yeah. But see, they, this is okay. And now I'm going to bring it back to this off this, be a bounce off this one. This is perfect. It is about being uniquely to you. Some people can have perhaps, but it, you, you know, naturopathic work is, uh, I'm, I'm a novice at this, but they're just going to find out what's right for you. They test you, you go in, you ask for their allergy, whatever. And they just say, look, here's what you avoid. And I was willing because again, I had surrendered my whole, I was having hot flashes. I'm, I'm menopausal. So it got rid of my hot flashes, my mood stabilized, my skin cleared up, my um, I just, my brain fog was better <laughs> as I, uh-huh. <laughs> my brain fog. <laughs> so, uh, but it had, it, it, it's my, I met a lady who talked about the three doorways into health and that this was all part of what I'm saying is like you, you've got your, your physical health, your mental health, your nutritional health and your spiritual health and, you know, to each their own and you are unique um yeah can't just be fit into a a cookie cutter program it's got to be tailored to you individually based on where you're at and where you want to be and that's what i love about what you've described what back in motion does you have a holistic perspective because you you know (laughs) they're not all good you're not going to need every service you're going to need what's right for you exactly that's awesome. Yeah. Laura, I, I know we're kind of, we've been talking for a while. We're running out of time a little bit. Um, any advice out there for people? If you have any tidbits, any words of wisdom for individuals who might be suffering from similar things you suffered from or just looking to, well, progress to the next level in their life, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure they would too. Wow. Um, I, you know, I'm just going to double down on the thing that I've been saying throughout this podcast is stop believing your own thinking as reality. Um, I think we, we spend a lot of time ruminating in that movie, like watching a TV show. It's exactly the same thing. We're just believing our thinking. And I, you know, it wasn't until I found my way of surrendering, um, and I had to say no to things. So I thought I needed to go back to work at CBSA. So when I gave that up, a load of, of so much weight, mental weight was lifted. When I let go of that job, that career, that I was just like, ah, oh. and that created space for more experience to come in for me to really find it. Um, letting go of the coaching, it, it's like, it's who I, you know, it's who I love, like what I love. Like I had, a, you know, all these experiences and it just was perfect to be a mentor to somebody else and help them through their, whatever they're going through, but it didn't go away. It came back, you know, just letting go doesn't mean surrender to it forever. It, it just had to make sense. And everyone was telling me that the stretching and the coaching made sense for me to be that conduit. Um, so yeah, that would be my nugget. That's an excellent nugget. And yeah, appreciate that. And appreciate 
Well, all of these great, great tidbits of advice. And thanks for sharing your story too and, and being vulnerable in that sense, because I know sometimes that's not easy to do as well. Thank you. I And I appreciate you being so easy to engage with and bounce and because ultimately I am like just somebody who likes to engage with people and, and have that sense of play. Um, I've never been interviewed before, so this is my first interview. And I enjoyed it like a lot. Like, give me another show. Like, let's go. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I would. <laughs> no, seriously, I would love I would love to have you back on here because I feel like we could just uh, we'll have to book a two hour session, though, because I feel like we could just talk for hours about this. Yeah, well, we could really pinpoint something if we want to pick pick something and go, hey, what's that? Let's yeah, go look at that. Yeah. Let's talk about squirrels picking at uh, decomposing bodies on the forest floor for two hours. I'm sure we could both uh, sound off on that. Oh my gosh. I have way more showers than I did then too, right? I'm not as smelly. Those days of smelly. Oh man. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I had to have my husband sit, you know, he stopped telling me you need a shower. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, it's been two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So Laura, if, if people want to find out more information about you and your services and what you do for people, where can they go? Well, I would like to play a treasure hunt game where they can just Google. No, I'm, I just thought it'd be like, come and find me. <laughs> no, I'm, I've got a little website. Um, I call it the flexible or sorry, flexible life Um, you can email me info at flexiblelifecoach.com. Um, I'm, I've got an Instagram account. I'm going to post a lot more, uh, stretching videos for people or stretch pictures that that's coming up. Um, yeah, email me. I'm happy to chat and we'll set up a time to, yeah, just send me your phone number and you can ask some questions. I, I do a free 30 minute chat. I'm, you can decide whether it's right for you. That's awesome. So flexiblelifecoach.com. I will put those in the show notes um, show and I will, notes. yeah, show notes. And I'll put your email address in there as well, as well as the links to some of these other individuals, Joe Hippensteel, Sid Banks. Yeah. Check out Joe Hippensteel. Uh, check out Sydney Banks, Sid Banks. Uh, um, it's just an amazing, all of the, like, we all have stepping stones, Right. And you want to check out people's stepping stones because it'll it might it might be something you'd be interested in. So yeah, I, oh, in the Goggins book, please can't hurt me. Audible version. I'm yeah. gonna like I said, I'm gonna have to. I have the uh, Kindle version. I'll probably have to get the Audible version because I do, I do want to start training a little bit more intensely these days, and I kind of need a kick in the butt. And I know that that is very much so going to help. Oh. It you're you're just going to be fascinated you'll run just listening to the stories and then the interviews in between oh man it's magical wow so cool awesome yeah. again laura thanks so much for joining me in the health lab much appreciated thank you for having me all right take care laura burns folks thanks so much to laura for joining us what a great time what a great conversation um, great insightful advice and great humor too. Laura is hilarious. And you know what? That makes it so much more eh, just enjoyable for myself too. I like to have a good time. I like to have a laugh and I like to share 
stories of, of, of positivity and, and optimism and, and perseverance and grit. And I think, you know, Laura embodies all of those things. And hopefully you learned something out there if you were listening to this episode about Laura's story and maybe you took some took some strategies that you can use for yourself. And, you know, if you do want to contact Lori, look look in the show notes. You know, again, um, reach out to her individually, go on her website, or if you want more information about Back in Motion as a whole, go on our website too. Check it out because, you know, we've got some programs at Back in Motion right now that take a very holistic approach to healthcare in general. We're constantly tweaking and developing these things to, in order to better serve our clients. So, you know, if there's an area of your life that you feel you need to work on, feel free to reach out. Reach out to us, reach out to Laura, reach out to any of the guests, actually, because to be honest, you know, all of these individuals on here bring such a wealth of knowledge and experience that they are just waiting to share. And, and, and hey, that's why they're in this industry is to share and to help others. So don't be shy. Enjoy your day, folks. Join us in about a month or so time for another guest. I'm not too sure who that will be, but I do know they will be engaging, interesting, hilarious, insightful. Who knows? Look forward to that. Enjoy it. Get outside. It's a beautiful day. Take care.